Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello once again, Steve Wilson here, continuing our journey through the book of Matthew. We have now progressed to chapter 21. I hope you've been following along. I hope that you uh, are enjoying this more than anything, though. I hope you're getting something out of it. I'm just sharing my thoughts going through this. A lot of this is just uh, off the cuff, so some of it's just my own ideas. Um, I do some research now and then. um, If there's a passage or something I'm not as familiar with, but um, as I did in this coming one coming up here, I did do a little uh, background check on some things. And I hope they're helpful to you. I hope they give you some insight. So let's get into it. Chapter 21. Jesus now is um, continuing his uh, journey toward Jerusalem. We're coming down to the uh, what they call the Passion Week. Um, You know when he comes into Jerusalem and uh, you know the triumphal entry and all that, all the events of that week that culminates then in him going to the cross. So uh, let's just kind of read through it and uh, see what happens. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, now we're talking about Jesus and his disciples, and drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives. Then sent Jesus two disciples. Now before I talk about what the two disciples did, just kind of get a picture here. You know, the... the um, the world of Jesus was a much smaller world. Um, most of their travel was done on foot. They just walked wherever they were going. Um, sometimes they might have uh, an animal of some sort to ride on or a chariot to ride in. But by and large, people had to walk to get from place to place. So um Cities that um, they talk about here, like Jerusalem and Bethpage, were not that far apart. Um, you know, I think of my kind of what I call my hometown, the place where all my family is from, Russell Springs. You know, the next closest town is Jamestown. It uh, shows it says it's eight miles away. Um, those are two distinct towns, but they're so close. It's it's you know, like in Cincinnati. Eight miles, you're still in Cincinnati. Um, but in Kentucky, you go eight miles, you're in a different city. And I, and I kind of envision that as, you know, kind of the old days when travel was much more arduous, slower. Um, and uh, 
let's advance. Now you, you get in a car and you, you know, you, you, in eight, an eight mile journey, you're there in no time, just, you know, well, eight minutes, maybe 10 minutes to most. Um, but eight miles on foot is a pretty long time. So that's kind of the way it was. These, these towns were not that far apart. Bethpage, like today, we might look at that and it's, it's, it's a suburb, um, of Jerusalem, you know, it's just not that far away, but in, in that day and age, it, you know, it was a little further because they had to walk everywhere they went. So it was a smaller world. And they were come to Bethpage uh, under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus to disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. Now, if you... Um, Look in the uh, parallel accounts of this where Jesus is going into Jerusalem. You go into Mark and Luke. Um, both of them talk about the same event. But curiously, both of them only mention one animal, the colt. They don't mention the ass and the colt, the mother and the, and the offspring. Um, but here in Matthew, he identifies two separate ones, and, and I think there's a reason for that. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But um, he tells them to go um, and retrieve them. Um, and if any, and then he explains to them, that if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, the Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Okay, them, plural. And this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. So, interesting here about this whole idea of the two animals. You hear different stories about that, different explanations about that. I've even heard people say that uh, you know, there's one teaching that says that Jesus literally rode on both of them. Um, I've heard him say he rode one part of the way and then switched to the colt to enter into the city. I've even heard them say that he sat on the donkey and rested his feet on the colt. They walked side by side, so he literally rode on both of them. I just have a hard time picturing that. I think that's ludicrous, but that's that's my opinion. The fact is... I believe he rode on the colt. And, and the reason I believe that is there's symbolism here. For, well, first of all, um, riding into a city on a donkey, whether it's the mother or the offspring, doesn't matter at this point in this story, but uh, riding on him is a symbol of um, peace. So when a conqueror conquered a city rather than enter the city on horseback which would be a sign of war if you look over in revelation and you read about the four horsemen and you read about jesus coming back he comes back as a warrior and he's riding on a horse here he's riding into jerusalem the, the messiah he is the conqueror but he's coming in representing peace because that's what he gives when you allow the Savior to come into your life. He grants you that peace that passes understanding. It's a picture here. 
of uh, his mission, his purpose, whatever what he wanted to do, why he came to earth in the first place. Um, but there's a little more to that, and, and um, I think it's important to understand um, that there's a difference between the two. Uh, and this is why I believe he was riding on the colt. You see, Israel, <coughs> Israel was bound by the law. Um, the law was their taskmaster. Um, the law didn't save them, but the law pointed them to salvation. It was, it, it, it was necessary for Jesus to show to the Jews that they couldn't keep the law. It was impossible to do that. And so the ultimate picture was that they needed a Savior. So that was the purpose of the law. It had a function. It had a place in their society. When we look at the Bible, it's divided into the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament, of course, speaks to the law, um, describes its function and its application and its purpose. That's so we, how we learn about the law and how we learn about the nation Israel. But then when you get to the New Testament, the New Testament is all about grace. It's about the peace that God gives. It's about the new covenant. There's an old covenant, and now there's a new covenant. That new covenant is a covenant that is sealed by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. He is our salvation. It's our simple faith in Him, putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, accepting His shed blood to wipe away our, our, our sins. Um, that gives us that peace. And so I think there's symbolism here that Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and He is showing them by this symbol, riding on this, this colt, that He comes in peace, but He comes by grace. Um, but there's a new covenant. The old covenant is done away with. There's a new covenant now. There's, an, there, there's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. There's a change that's taken place here. And there's a symbol here that shows us that. Very few people, I, 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 don't, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody preach on that, to be honest with you. But I believe that's what's being represented. Um, it's a picture of what Christ has done and the age of grace in which we now live. Um, and he's trying, he's trying, because bear in mind, they've still got this idea that the Messiah is going to come and deliver them from Roman rule. We'll talk about that in a minute. And so he's trying to show them that that's not the Savior that he is. So anyway, verse 6, And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, put on them their clothes, and they set them thereon. So they made a saddle, a softer seat for him to sit on. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And, and the multitudes... That went before and it followed, cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved 
saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. All right, so they're excited. They're screaming, Hosanna. He's coming to save them. <coughs> um, Hosanna literally means, please save us. It's a combination of two words. Um, and, and, you know, they're just, the HOS part is, is short for Yeshua. Anna means salvation. So Jesus save us basically is, is what they're, they're pleading with him to save them. Now, as I said, you have to, you have to think, what are they actually asking him to do? And it amazes me that they're still hung up on this deliverance from Rome because that's really what they're looking for. Because, you know, when you start thinking, and I have heard a lot of people preach about this, about how they were so receptive and so overjoyed at the triumphal entry. And in, in a week, they're putting him on the cross. They've all turned against him. And he, he begins as we get on into this chapter, and we won't do that today, but or on, on this particular uh, lesson. He begins to do things that causes people to get then turn away from him because... Um, I believe they're still looking for him to come and deliver him from Roman rule. Now, after all these years, you know, they've, they've, they've been in slavery, they've been delivered, they've been conquered, they've been delivered. You know the history of Israel. It's back and forth. You know, conquered, delivered, conquered, delivered, conquered, delivered. It's this vicious cycle that they've been in for all of this time. And yet, and and they they've been taught that Jesus the Messiah is coming to deliver them once and for all. <clears throat> well, you would think they'd understand that, you know, given the cycle, that he's not coming to save them from some sort of rule, earthly rule. Um I guess maybe they're thinking, okay, he's gonna set up his eternal kingdom and we're gonna be the reigning power once again like they were under David and Solomon. Um and, and be that way forever. Maybe maybe so. But it's not a physical kingdom he's coming to bring. He's coming to bring a spiritual kingdom. He's coming to bring spiritual deliverance. He's coming to bring um, salvation to the people. Um, he wanted them to see that being the Messiah, he, was a, he wasn't the Messiah that they were looking for. Folks, I don't know if anybody's listening to this what you're looking for in life, or what you think Jesus is going to do in your life. Um, you know, you're, you're, we're always going to have struggles, and we're going to face defeat. Life's not going to necessarily be a bed of roses. Uh, you may never accomplish what you want to accomplish. That's not what Jesus promises. He doesn't, he doesn't guarantee earthly wealth and earthly riches. He guarantees only salvation and the peace that passes understanding guarantees us that we're on the winning side and i think that's the picture he's trying to portray here the trial triumphal entry i don't think the people get it but i think that's the picture as he comes riding on this colt 
And he's trying to show the people, yes, I am the Messiah, but I am a Messiah of grace. I am not a Messiah of power. So that's it for the day. I hope you got something out of it. We'll catch up on, or we'll pick up on verse 12 when we come back. Goodbye and God bless.